Ignite your curiosity with Austin next. We're watching Austin transform from a thriving ecosystem into a global superstar. With our host, Jason Scharf, we aspire to better comprehend the true nature of innovation. Together, we will uncover what makes a successful ecosystem and navigate the technologies shaping our future. Now let's dive into what's next. No innovation system exists in a silo, and one of the significant growth drivers are the companies that are deciding to set up shop here. Whether it's a satellite office or a new headquarters, these companies have a big impact on our local community. Today we're going to discuss how and why these transitions happen with Jason Ball, the Round Rock Chamber of Commerce President and CEO. Jason's a certified economic developer, and he holds an MBA from the University of Nebraska, He's a graduate of the U.S. Chambers Institute for Organizational Management and Oklahoma University's Economic Development Institute. In 2015, Jason was selected as one of the Development Counselor's International 40 Under 40, Rising Stars in Economic Development. Prior to taking over the Round Rock Chamber, Jason has worked in a number of other growing metros, including Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Hutchinson and Reno County in Kansas, and in Lincoln, Nebraska. Jason, welcome to Austin Next. Thank you so much, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, let's get started with some basic definitions. So what is economic development and its role in the ecosystem? So broadly speaking, economic development is, is really the practice and policies that help businesses have the resources they need to grow, locate, and succeed in your community. You know, more specifically, Agencies like ours, we act as resource connectors, if you will, uh, marketers, business solutions providers. Um, we also try to prepare teams of institutions so we can put the best face on our community possible and make the right investments in advance so we're ready uh, for new business investment. And by teams, I'm talking about uh, you know cities, uh, workforce development partners, uh, yeah, you know, here we're a combined chamber and economic development agency. Some some places have those functions separately, and then our, our our policy partners. It takes a lot of people moving in the same direction to get to get these done. And the thing the thing that I'd like to share with you uh, and your audience is the thing that economic development agencies are not. And I think people have confusion about this sometimes. We're not in a sales process. We are in a helping businesses find solutions process with everyone we work with. You can't sell a community in, uh, you can't sell a community to a company and make you the right answer for everything. What you can do is position your community to be a, a fantastic business solution for certain sectors and markets and then make sure you're spreading that message. And so that's important to what we do as well. Absolutely makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about that positioning and, and what you talk about when you're talking to these companies. What's your basic message? Why should they move to Central Texas? Well, the nice thing about everything going on right now is Central Texas is selling itself. Uh, the world is beating a path to the door of every community uh, in and around Austin right now. And so it is a, a fun, fun time to be here. You know, that being said, we still do have to put that, that sales pitch on. Uh, Texas makes it pretty easy. We get to make the argument that in Texas, it's a generally pro-business environment, that you're going to have the support at the state level that, that you're looking for. Um, and then being one of the states with no corporate or personal income tax does help businesses want to take a look at, at the area. 
Um, you know, on a, on a more local level, our approach is uh, in Round Rock, you're going to find a community that solves for yes. We, we very much start with yes and then start asking ourselves, well, how would we get that done? You know, here we have all the benefits of the regional workforce uh, in, in Round Rock, and we're very proud about that. And in particular, the number of residents that, that work in the broader Austin metro region but call Round Rock home, that allows us to make the case to say, look, you know, if your company locates here in Round Rock, what you're going to find is workforce that might be able to cut their drive time or commute time in the morning by locating in our community. So we talk a lot about that, a lot about population growth trends. Williamson County is one of the fastest growing counties in the United States right now. And that comes with all the opportunities that, that new people bring. Um, our education partners are so strong and so responsive to the needs of businesses, whether we're at um, K through 12 levels of education, all the way up to community college and four-year institutions. They, they really have a core interest in being relevant in a business context. So that, that makes sense for a lot of businesses and then qual quality of place. Um, it's hard to find another community in Texas that can compete with us on, on the quality of life that people get to enjoy uh, here in Round Rock in our own unbiased opinion, at least. First off, I love the, you know, the mantra of solve for you start with a yes and then figure out how I think that's yeah. great. I mean, one of the things that I've just loved in our time so far uh, in, in the city has been the, the willingness to build, and I and I mean that you know from the broadest sense, what is actually physically building houses, which we build a lot more of than in other places, but just the I want you to go build and do your mission, and we're going to figure out either how to help you or how to get out of your way, and I and I think that's great, and so I want to kind of pivot to the people then who are responding to that message. What types of companies are coming here to, and moving to Central Texas? You know, it's a huge array right now. Um, I think if you go back. Um, even say 10 or 15 years ago, it was going to be a much more tech-based and engineering-based slice of businesses that were really viewing the Austin region as a potential good investment location for them. Um, now the, the doors have blown wide open. So, so clearly that, that tech, IT, engineering space that has always been a strength has just doubled down on, on what that looks like here. But we've seen the logistics industry explosion happen here where there are logistics centers for uh, last mile delivery centers and regional delivery centers just, just explode here. But on, on top of that, modern manufacturing, and here I'm talking about high tech, not, not smokestacks, but high throughput, high um, innovation basis uh, in process is really looking at this area because they need well-educated, um, highly competent people to run the uh, machines and, and automations that they're they're putting things together with right now. Clean technology is only going to grow. Uh, you know, the, having Tesla in the region is just going to hyper-focus everyone on what can we be doing in clean tech. And e even in Round Rock, uh, you know, Switch Data Centers had just announced uh, putting a data center here. And their core... Uh, tenant of what they do is being all sustainable energy run. And for a data center, those are huge users of, of energy. So clean tech is going to be a, a big trend here. And, and then one thing that we're focusing on a lot is just applied defense technologies. Uh, for us, particularly in healthcare-related defense technologies, you know, having Army Futures Command in the region, everyone is looking at what kind of companies would want to have a presence here. Round Rock's so well positioned uh, between uh, 
uh, where they're located in Austin, and Army Futures Command has their back office location now uh, coming into the Dells campus. Uh, and then, obviously, proximity to Fort Hood makes a lot of sense. So it's a, a very broad answer to a very good question, but I will tell you, this this is what every office in the region is is seeing right now. It's a huge array of exciting opportunities coming through the door. I think it's great, and the, the sector diversity, I think, is actually a strength as we move forward, giving us that kind of you know, hedge against as any of them slip in, you know, particular sector uh, recessions to the fact that you're going to have a defense company, a space company, a, a technology company, you know, all of these different um, types of, you know, big, uh, big players going forward. So I'm curious, and you talked about like the talent um, and earlier you talked about like, you know, the, the business friendly environment in Texas, what really is, whether you call it the sales pitch or just the, the environment, what is it that companies are responding to most? Uh, and is that changing, um, you know, that's causing them to move here? You know, it, a lot of that depends on the specific needs of the company, obviously. Uh, and, and so we spend a lot of time when we're talking with clients just trying to find out what their primary project motivators are. Some are very cost-driven. They want to find the cheapest available land, uh, uh, easiest access into a facility. Others are, are much more driven by how quick can I get it done. Um, and I think we're seeing that more and more and more that the primary motivator is, is speed to market. All of them, and this is not new, workforce is probably, if it's not their number one, it's going to be their number two. They need to know that they can get the people. But look, that's a challenge for Central Texas um, is the bad news is, you know, the, the workforce tightness of the labor market is 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 just rough right now the the pace of growth in the entire national economy has outpaced our output for for skilled workforce it really has that the economy can grow and accommodate more people than we're able to to generate and so that's that's going to get into things like immigration policy because we're we're going to have to import more um and in the short term and thank goodness we have wonderful education partners to do it. Um, in the short term, we've got to demonstrate we can train those folks here with our existing population base uh, to provide either career change opportunities for those folks as new companies come to town, or or going to have the resources where they're going to be able to upskill their own people if they're in a, if they're in a growth event. And so all, that that workforce mix is either number one or number two for for nearly all companies. Well, I have a question on that on the workforce. So. As we are being one of the, you know, we're getting hit with that high-end talent uh, workforce gap, right? Whether it be in construction uh, or just kind of the tech workers kind of come in. And even with the fact that, I, I don't know what the current number is, but like 200 people are moving here a day or something, uh, you know, some amazing number like that. Do you see us also being a hotspot for innovation in I'll say broadly productivity. I mean, you've got, you know, Icon, the 3D printing, you know, house company, you have different kind of backend software. Like the fact that we're feeling that pain, are we going to have entrepreneurs locally start saying, well, let me help. I'm right in the middle of it. Let me help solve that pain. I'm very confident that's already happened. I mean, we've worked with companies that are having growth opportunities entirely based on higher throughput, either technology or software development. Um, and, and again, the nice thing about being in Austin is any individual company that locates here or is already present here can easily find those partners to help them search for those opportunities for, for increasing throughput. And do you think we talk about uh, immigration, obviously that there's, there's the um, domestic and, and international, but I'm curious how much uh, 
are we kind of pushing into the narrative like, hey, we have a, you know, we have a skills and talent shortage. Come here. Right. It's not just the it's not just the, the companies coming here, but how much, you know, uh, things like economic development groups, we helping to push the narrative of there's a talent shortage here, which I.E. means there's jobs here for people to come to and uh, great opportunity. Yeah. So and, and I should I should clarify, there's a skill shortage everywhere. There, there is nowhere in North America that isn't having the same growing pains that we are in the broader region. And so, so much of what we can say with a straight face in the greater Austin Metro and in Round Rock is, look, you're, you're going to have awesome opportunities here. We are a net draw for workforce because if you are, say, in software and you're unhappy in the community in which you're living already, you know that you can pack up, uh, find a place to settle in in, in this area and you're going to have options. And if for whatever reason, the company you ended up here, uh, you know, doesn't work out or you don't find that, that right fit here, you're going to have still other options in this same market. You won't have to relocate again. Not every community can say that. So we, that, that net draw for workforce is a really, really safe bet for anyone who's looking at a position in coming here. And to, to answer your question, yes, it's, a, it's an easy story to tell uh, both to job seekers and employers of saying, you know, look, we might not have the um, high concentration of uh, workforce and specific training that you're looking for sitting on the shelf, but we know that they will move here. And that's been been proven out time and time again by other businesses locating here. I, I think the best example of that is going to end up being in life sciences across the region. We are are really poised for that new industry that hasn't had a traditional uh, presence in the greater Austin Metro uh, really beginning to, to take off here. I think it's only a matter of time. Speaking as someone who's an executive in life science companies and, uh, and an investor in life science companies, that's music to my ears. One of the things I'm curious is we kind of mentioned earlier, you have, you know, Tesla moving manufacturing here. You have Oracle moving its headquarters here. Apple and Facebook have um, put satellite offices what are you seeing the differences between the decision making on what type of location that we're bringing to the greater Austin area? Well, so, I mean, if I'm making a distinction between headquarters and, and any other type of project, the, the number one thing for headquarters tends to be uh, direct flights to outside markets and, and which markets they're most in, in interested in just kind of depends on either where their customer base is uh, or their their other current corporate leadership that uh, don't intend to to relocate, even though the the headquarters might be relocating. Uh, so so the the success of the uh, Austin Airport is just key to making sure that we're competitive when it comes to those uh, headquarters moves. You know, other than that, um, you know, HQs don't move often, right? And so. They're, they're always going to be unique and odd animals, uh, but it's the, it's the workforce is the number one consideration. And then can they have the type of corporate presence in a community that they're looking for? Um, and so some of them may be looking for that high rise downtown, you know, multi-story uh, building. Others don't want that kind of visibility, but they want a good place they can go. But it's, it's, it's skilled workforce that tends to be driving I think that that leads really well into kind of my next question here. As we think about, obviously, the workforce is something that goes between jobs and kind of connected in. And we even talked about the beginning, right? Like no innovation ecosystem exists in a silo. How are these companies really integrating into the innovation ecosystem and the overall community? 
You know, what I'm hearing is this is still an area of the country where that's that's very easy to do. Whether you're looking for, you know, direct business relationships between suppliers, partners, uh, uh, training partners, um, that outreach in the Austin metro is is just comparatively easier than it would be in, in any of the other major metros that some of these these leaders are, are coming out of at least that's that's what i continue to be told um round rock itself really easy to integrate into um people can can reach um influencers and public figures with with great great ease here and i think that's mostly the case across the uh, uh surrounding metros that we have here uh, so i'm i'm not hearing that there is a gap um, you know, when we get into that that innovation development market, I am sure there is high competition for their people. So if there's anything that's going to impede that, it's, you know, maybe a, a reluctance to establish relationships with the new folks just because you're a little bit worried about uh, uh, maybe losing some of your team to the next company to come along. I mean, obviously, uh, workforce is an issue. And you mentioned a couple of things about location. And, and the Austin metro area is not just Austin proper. Uh, it's become really everything from, you know, San Marcos or even San Antonio and north beyond Round Rock. There's Taylor, which has been in the news recently, as well as uh, other places. So how do you see the various areas and cities within this greater central Texas metro area positioning themselves? So that spins out in in a few ways. And I think certainly Round Rock does this. I've perceived that that the other suburban partners also do this too. You know, you can grow these outside communities with the message of, look, we have all the amazing uh, amenities and business resources and cultural assets uh, that that Austin itself does. Um, but it, it may not come along with some of the hurdles uh, related to business climate that that you might get. Uh, experience with if you're locating in the city directly. I, I say that very carefully because, uh, you know, we're proud investors in Opportunity Austin. We work with uh, the Austin Chamber and, and, and partners there. Uh, but many, many of the business partners that, that we work with uh, directly are, you know, they're, they're looking for an easier and faster path forward to get their project done. And I think sometimes that's where the, the difference can be made um, if everything else in an outside suburban community makes sense. That's not always the case. Sometimes they definitely need to be in the, the metro core. And we celebrate those wins, too, because those are going to spin out uh, well for our community as well. Great. It looks like that Austin is evolving really into a, a multi-hub kind of metro area, uh, Round Rock being one of the keys there. How do you see that happening going forward and what's the impact of that development? Well, I'm, I'm so excited and I, I, I'm a regional guy at my core. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be in a, in a community like Round Rock that has such a long history of being a hub for, you know, companies like Dell, uh, employers like Emerson, like, like there's, there's a great story to tell there. I anticipate what we're going to see happen is we're going to see lots of those stories coming out. And, and again, you, you mentioned Taylor. I, I really hope that they're able to finalize that uh, proposed uh, incentive agreement with, with Samsung. That would be an amazing, amazing opportunity that's going to benefit everyone in the region. 
And that's something they can build their, their next chapter of the story on. Every suburban chamber and economic development agency right now is, is working on huge deals, uh, billion-dollar-plus deals, thousand-person uh, job creation deals. They are out there. And again, we, we get to do this amazing work, uh, life-changing work in many cases for the people that, that are receiving these jobs in the epicenter of where the entire world is trying to get right now. We're one of the hottest markets in the nation. Uh, and so it's, it's going to be a fun time. And, and I'm so excited for, again, authentically what these, these other communities in the surrounding area are going to see uh, benefiting them and, and changing their lives. That's going to increase the opportunities for everyone across the entire Austin Metro. I just wanted to ask one other question about that because whether it's Tesla or Samsung or, or Facebook, Apple, whomever, what you always hear about is, and they're going to hire 2,000 people, 4,000 people. But that's not the only impact, is it? I mean, when, when a company comes in and they say, yeah, we're going to build this new whatever, and we're going to hire 1,000 people, what's the real total impact to a community? Yeah, it's, it's never just the direct job. It's always something more than that. And so here's where you get into the conversation of, you know, multiplier effect, right? How many other additional jobs are going to be indirectly created or induced as a result of now having had that business there? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those folks that believes in saying, well, for every job created directly, you're going to have two additional jobs created. Like, like they, don't, they don't pencil out quite that clearly, and they're often very difficult to measure. But what we do know with a great deal of certainty is, you know, when a, when a Kalahari convention and resorts comes to Round Rock, all of a sudden they really need to buy a lot of cars, right? They have a, they have a team of, of, of corporate vehicles they have to uh, purchase and, and maintain. So when these, these large opportunities happen, you're not just moving the company, you're moving a whole ecosystem of suppliers, relationships, and other economic needs that come along with that opportunity. Um, and again, that's where the, the power to change people's lives really comes out of these. Um, it's one of the most motivating things, I think, in doing this work. You know, we in, in Chamberville, we get to talk a lot about here's what business thinks and gosh, this will help the economy in this way. And please vote for this policy or this project, or please support this because it's good for business. Well, the reason why we care so much about what's good for business is that gives the person who is maybe in an, in a lower hourly wage uh, paid position without benefits, an opportunity to go work for a company that's got a higher hourly wage with benefits opportunity or find, find a way to get additional training. Uh, no matter what scale of the wage range you're at, you know, additional training and, and real reasons to enter new markets. And that helps individuals and families uh, realize their dreams and, and do better for themselves and their families. Uh, this work is really, really important, I think, purely because of that. It is, it is transformational, not just for the businesses that we serve, but for the people that work there. No, and I think that obviously sets the present up very well for the future. And I think some of the things that we are 
building. We always talk a lot about the kind of the companies and so forth, but some of that directly affects people in Austin. I just kind of left. We're not obviously not sponsored by Kalahari, but uh, my wife and I took our kids to there uh, over Memorial Day weekend. And so that was a lot of fun. And it was always, yeah. you know, great that there's, there's always new things. That's one of the, the, the dyna- being part of a dynamic, uh, you know, growing metro is, you know, Kalahari is, I think what less than a year old. Like, there's always new things to do. We have the new, you know the new um, you know, Austin FC and all sorts mm-hmm. of great uh, new attractions coming. So that's a lot of fun. So on that, you know, I, I kind of want to pivot a bit to the future. Um, let's start off with, you know, what do you think are the biggest challenges we face going forward? Well, here in Round Rock and a lot of these recent project examples that we've been talking about are great, great examples of this land. Um, 20 years ago, Round Rock was able to say, hey, come to this wonderful community in the greater Austin metro, and by the way, we have land, right? And so those are, those are what we call in the industry greenfield projects when you're just building on what used to be a farm or an open field of some kind. You know, that, that's getting really, really tough to do uh, in Round Rock now. The, the land's been sold. The land's been built out. We have a, a few pockets of really, really wonderful and large opportunities, but we, in our neck of the woods don't have many sites that are greater than 25 contiguous acres left right and so this is where the the opportunity for other communities that may not have built out as much or a little bit further out from the austin core really can step in and say do this here tesla's tesla's a fantastic example of i don't know if there were really many places in the region where they could have alternately looked that met all the needs of of that project and when it announced, we sure got a few inquiries from our stakeholders saying, well, why didn't they locate in, in Round Rock? Well, where are you going to put it? They needed something like 800 acres. That's, that's not a realistic win for us. So, so our, our needs and challenges are a little bit different moving forward. Um, you know, at the same time, that presents an opportunity for us because we're very much beginning to shift into facility-based headquarters and office type of um, projects. And I think that's where, that's where our future will come out of that challenge is we're, we're already beginning to, to turn that corner and developers are, are leading the charge there. Look, it's not going to surprise anyone that's been listening to the rest of this conversation. The other big challenge we all face is workforce. And the, you know, the good news and bad news that that represents is we're not alone in, in having that workforce challenge, but we're in a heck of a lot better position being in a community where people want to uh, come and live in a region where people want to come and live than in some of the, I think it's going to be a slog for rural areas moving forward because uh, uh, people are just going to feel less confident moving there for, for jobs. If for whatever reason that doesn't work out Um, and they don't have maybe the same amount of amenities uh, available. And I say that coming from rural America myself, I'm a small town Nebraska kid. So it breaks my heart to, to say that, and I really would love to be wrong on that part of it, but uh, workforce. And then, and then the other thing that, that really does impact this, and we're seeing this a little bit in Texas, is the impacts of partisan politics. Um, it's beginning to uh, you know, really influence the tools that are made available uh, to recruit projects. And I promise you, I know incentives are sometimes controversial, but if we don't arm communities and the state of Texas itself with the tools that we need to remain competitive, we are definitely going to see these projects uh, begin to shift to not locating here and, and going to other states. 
that's just the dollars and cents of it. It doesn't make those businesses bad or, or Texas a bad place to be, but it's a question of market competitiveness. And, um, and I hope our elected leaders, you know, will be able to, you know, address those needs and those tools and put the right guidelines on them. Uh, I think it's very reasonable to want to make sure that we're applying those incentive resources in an appropriate way that creates a real return on that investment for communities in the state. But we need to get out of this uh, dynamic where it becomes a political football and start thinking about what our competitiveness um, amongst other states and nations is going to be impacted by. Those are the three that I think of. Thanks. No, this has been great. And I think uh, we always like to end kind of on our central question that we're asking going forward. So Jason, what's next for the Austin Metro? Austin Metro is going to see growth like it's never seen before. And I know that is almost a hyperbolic statement to, to make, but knowing what's coming down the pipeline, not just for our community, but for everyone in, in the region, it's going to be a great ride. It will come with challenges. Growth always does, because as more businesses and people locate here, that's more infrastructure and, and amenities that everyone will be needing to provide. But I promise you, that is the better problem to have compared to you know being in a community that's not growing, that's stagnating, or, or, or goodness forbid, shrinking. And because those solutions are much more difficult to solve. Thank you very much. This has been fantastic. Jason, it's been, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come chat with you. So what's next, Austin? We're glad you've joined us on this journey. Please subscribe at your favorite podcast catcher, leave us a review, and let your colleagues know about us. This will help us grow the podcast and continue bringing you unique interviews and insights. Thanks again for listening and see you soon.